welcome to the Quick and Painless Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am one of the hosts, Dylan. And that's right. There is nobody on the other side doing the show with me. I am going full solo tonight. My uh, my other host, Carter, who usually does the show with me, he is away on business right now and was not able to do an episode with me tonight. So, yep. Full disclosure is just going to be me by myself, basically kind of like talking to myself about, you know, the past week in uh, the world of professional wrestling. So all of you people who are listening will get to hear my smooth, sultry tones as I go over some of the big events that happened in the past week in the world of professional wrestling. So if this is your first time listening to it, thank you very much for uh, finding the podcast. And if you've listened to it before, well, thanks for coming back. Uh, it really means a lot. Um, really means a lot if you're checking it out for the first time, too. So very much appreciative. Oh, So yeah, it's been a week, hasn't it? I mean, we are still pretty much in the middle of uh, this whole coronavirus situa- situation going on in the world right now. Um, hopefully all of you are staying safe, trying to stay healthy, and, you know, if you're stuck at home, trying to do things to pass the time, and if you are, if you're out working, if you are considered to be one of the essential workers, then, you know, hats off to you guys. It's very much appreciative. I know it's probably tough for everyone who's out there, you know, still trying to bust their ass at their job and try to be safe at the same time. Like, I'm with you. Like, I fall into that group of the essential worker, so I am <laughs> I'm also out there too, five days a week right now. Um, but yeah, just trying to stay safe, trying to stay healthy trying to take all the proper precautions needed in order to do so so yeah um wow where do i start well usually if usually if i had somebody else on the other side (coughs) carter uh we would you know kind of kick it off by asking how we each how our week has been what we've been up to if there's anything that we've watched or anything exciting that has happened but like I said, it is just me tonight. So, um, well, I guess I can kick it off by, you know, maybe going through some of the things that I've been doing the past week. Like I said, I've been working. I uh, work in the medical manufacturing field. Actually, I work for a company that is a uh, considered to be a contract manufacturer and... Um, we manufacture some devices for a big medical manufacturing company. So, and about a w- two weeks ago, I would say, um, that big medical manufacturing company came in and um, basically got a contract to make emergency relief hospital beds. So, that's been kind of crazy. We've had to add probably about a hundred to 150 more people at 
the uh, building that we work out of in order to accommodate the supply, or I shouldn't say the supply, but the need to make these beds. So right now, you know, we finally got quite a few of these people in and we're just kind of cranking out all these beds. I think most of them right now are kind of going over to the New York, New Jersey area, but yeah, it's just been kind of crazy just kind of dealing with that. And like I said, just, you know, with all this influx of new people coming in, we've got new safety precautions that we have to take. They are now taking our temperature as soon as we walk into the building and, you know, supplying face masks and there's like a plethora of like hand sanitizer all over the place. I I am really looking forward to the day where I don't have to wash my hands at least 30 to 40 times a day. So it's it's been a little weird. It's been a little different to try to adapt to. But hey, I mean, I guess that's what it is right now, unfortunately. But hopefully, hope things start getting better soon. Um, yeah, that's kind of been my week. I know that uh, a lot of people have been, you know, at home, which means they're probably watching more TV than usual. Maybe checking out some shows on Netflix or some other movies that have just came out. I I think about two weeks ago or so, I started watching Tiger King. I caught like the first four or five episodes. Um, Have not finished that yet. I plan to soon, but just not exactly sure when that's going to be, but uh, let's see. Man, what else have I been watching? Oh, my daughter and I started watching Onward on Disney+. Plus. That's a real cool movie. Really enjoyed it. My daughter seemed to enjoy it, too. We, uh, As soon as we got done watching Onward, we were outside and pretending that we were on a quest, that we were wizards on a quest. So, yeah, she really dug it, and, you know, I dug it too. <coughs> Excuse me. That that was not the coronavirus, I promise you. Nobody get upset. Um, <laughs> um, allergies have kind of been kicking in a little bit lately. That's weird. I don't know. Like, I've never had allergies before, but I've noticed that since I've been getting older in age, you know, I'll kind of get allergies a little more frequently. I mean, does anybody else get that, or is that just me? I don't know, but yeah, let's see, what else, what else, what else, oh, um, so I kind of have this thing where I like to watch, uh, little mini documentaries on, like, how movies are made, and I came across kind of a really cool one, at least for me, I thought it was cool, it was a little, um, mini show about the making of Jaws 2. Yeah. Jaws 2. I happen to be like a big Jaws fan. I was a really big fan of the original movie. Uh, The second one I really liked. I thought it was good. Of course, you know, not as good as the original, but I mean, by far like the best sequel of the Jaws franchise. Um, Let's see, Jaws 3, I probably, that's the one I probably dislike the most. I don't know why, it's just, to me, 
Well, first of all, like the special effects weren't really that good. I know when they released it in theaters, they tried to do the whole um, conversion to 3D for the movie since I think when it came out, it was released as Jaws 3D. Um, so they tried to, like I said, do a 3D conversion with that for the movie theaters, which, you know, from what I've read, it didn't really work out too well. And because of that, the special effects that they used in the movie were just, yeah, just blah, blah. Surprisingly, I would have to put uh, the fourth movie, Jaws of Revenge, above Jaws 3. I know that might sound a little weird just because of the whole concept of Jaws of Revenge, but I, I really like that. I like that a lot better than the third Jaws movie. Of course, you know, the whole concept of a great white shark hunting a family down or following them to the Bermuda and having like a revenge agenda against this family is totally ridiculous. I get that. But um, I thought the acting was a lot better in Jaws of Revenge than what it was in Jaws 3. And yeah, I like the fact that uh, Lorraine Gary came back as Ellen Brody. And I thought she did a fantastic job in her role. So, and of course she got Michael Caine in the movie too. I mean, come on, Michael Caine in a Jaws sequel. Oh, I'm, I bet he kind of regrets that now, but, <laughs> but anyways, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. Um, the mini, you know, documentary on the making of Jaws too. I found that really interesting how, when they were trying to come up with a script for that movie, um, there's a lot of stuff that was scrapped. You know, the movie studio didn't like the different versions of the sequel that were being presented to them. So um, they wanted something kind of like a little more streamlined, a little more safe in the same spirit as the first movie. And I think they kind of got that. But yeah. Um, yeah. If you go on YouTube, check it out. Yeah. Check out the uh, mini documentary on the making of Jaws 2. Really good stuff, so. <sighs> well, I guess speaking of movies, WrestleMania happened last weekend, and I'm not going to go through and talk about each match. Um, I would rather do that when I have my other co-host here with me. That way we can kind of get more in-depth with how we felt about the pay-per-view and maybe go into a little more detail on some of the matches that happened. But I think for this podcast, I am just going to probably touch on the three or four big matches coming out of WrestleMania 36, the uh, two-night event WrestleMania 36. So um, I think the four matches that I'm going to touch upon, obviously uh, Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar for the WWE title, the Firefly Funhouse match. Huh. John Cena and Bray Wyatt. Uh, talk about the last man standing match between Edge and Randy Orton. And finally, probably the match that has, well, I use air quotes, the match that has received the most 
praise out of that whole two-night WrestleMania event was the Boneyard match between AJ Styles and The Undertaker, which, I don't know, some people are thinking that might be the end for The Undertaker. I don't know. We'll see where that goes, but... All right, well, I guess first, I guess I'll touch upon uh, Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar, WWE title match. I I really like the match. I mean, some people, I've seen some comments made that, well, well, for such a big match, it didn't last very long. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I mean... What did you what did you kind of expect though? It was a Brock Lesnar match. I mean, Brock Lesnar matches usually don't last that long. I mean, if he if he's working against somebody who's you know smaller than him, then you know there's some room to kind of maybe extend the match out. I believe because there's a lot more things that you, he can do with like a smaller opponent as far as storytelling and probably some of the move set that he uses but um but yeah this was just kind of like your big guy versus big guy match just two big men going at it with each other and yeah it wasn't it wasn't a very long match but it was a very hard-hitting match and overall I liked it I really liked it uh Drew got the win after kicking out of was it yeah three f5s and then i believe drew hit brock with like three claymore kicks and that's and that's how he ended up pinning brock lesnar um what i really one little aspect that i picked out of this was like the build up for the kickouts that drew did on the f5 um when Brock first hit him with that F5, he kicked out at one. And then when he hit him with the second F5, he kicked out at like a little bit past two. And then he hit him with like a third F5 and Drew barely kicked out, which I thought was just like, I, I really like that aspect of it. Just, you know with each time that Brock hit the F5 on Drew McIntyre, Drew was getting weaker and weaker and weaker. By the time when Brock hit the third F5, he just barely kicked out. And um, I think that was a good job of trying to, of building up Drew for his eventual comeback into beating Brock Lesnar. You know, Brock had him down at his weakest point and then even at like his weakest point, Drew still managed just to barely kick out and then come back and beat Brock. So, um, yeah, like I said, I really like the match, and I think, I think, well, not only this match, but I feel like the whole event suffered because of this. But a lot of these matches would have worked better in front of a crowd. Now, I know there isn't anything that WWE could have done about that. I know that they did the best that they could to try to put on some sort of WrestleMania event, but some of these matches left me feeling like, wow, if that was in front of a 
you know, sold out crowd of like 70, 75,000 people, it would have felt more important. I don't know if that makes sense to any of you guys, but some of those, some of the big moments that they had planned during that whole WrestleMania event, I feel like didn't really come off uh, feeling like big, like big payoffs, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, just Drew win, Drew winning the title should have felt like a big moment, but because that crowd wasn't there, it didn't feel like it was that big of a moment. So, like I said, it just wasn't that match that suffered from it. I think there were other matches that suffered because of that, but yeah, it was just. I mean, don't get me wrong, both guys worked hard, and you know, everybody on that show worked hard, but it was just, it would have benefited more if, if you know, if this whole damn coronavirus thing wasn't going on right now, so um, just everything would have felt so much bigger with, like, the roar of 70, 75,000 people, you know, cheering everybody on and having all those, you know, big matchups pay off so um but yeah drew and brock i liked it like i said short match and they both played their parts perfectly drew ended up winning the wwe title and yeah that was it drew mcintyre is your new wwe champion so the next match well let's talk about the Last man standing match between Edge and Randy Orton. This went on for a while. <laughs> um, I remember when I was sitting there watching the match. I've watched it a few times, but I specifically remember like the first time when it was airing live and I was watching it. I had a hard time just like trying to... I guess stay awake during the match. I mean, not that it was boring or anything. I, I mean, I don't want to say it was boring because they had plenty of action going on through the entire time, but it was just really hard to kind of keep my attention focused on it. Just, I don't know, for some reason it just kept, it felt like it was just dragging and dragging and dragging. And they brawled all over the performance center and, um, they both did a really good job of making it, you know, as far as the look of it and them fighting with each other, making it feel like a really big fight. I mean, not like a really big fight, but made it look like a real legitimate fight most of the time, I believe. Um, yeah, but like I said, I don't think this is the type of match we would have gotten if it was in front of you know, a sold out crowd. I don't, I feel like they might've kept like the whole backstage brawling down to a minimum and tried to do as much as they could in front of the crowd. Like I said, obviously, you know, that, you know, that couldn't happen this year. So, you know, they probably took some creative liberties with where they, where they were recording the, where they were recording at at the performance center and try to get a little bit creative which they did they did get creative but man just i 
I don't know. At the end of the match, I felt like they could have probably cut out about 10 minutes out of that match. And it, for me, at least, it would have been a little bit better. I mean, like I said, that's nothing against Edge or Randy Orton. I mean, those guys, under the conditions, you know, did the best that they could. But it just dragged on a little too long for me. And I would have liked to have seen some more action, like, out by the ring to just not have the majority of the match in the backstage area. But, yeah, um, Edge got the win by hitting a concerto with Randy Orton on Randy Orton on top of a semi-truck, and Orton could not make it up by the count of ten. So, yep. Edge got his revenge on Randy Orton, and that was it for that match. <sighs> All right, um, man, I guess that just leaves the you know the other two big matches left. Let's go into uh, the Firefly Funhouse match: Bray Wyatt and John Cena. <sighs> I am really conflicted on how I feel about this match. I mean, can you even really call it a match? Honestly, it, I mean, visually it looked like one big, like, acid trip. Like, take some acid and then do some mushrooms and then, you know, that's kind of what you get when you're watching, you know, this this segment i'm gonna call it a segment because the only thing that was wrestling that even resembled like a wrestling match was the pinfall at the end and god even then you could argue that that wasn't really that didn't really resemble much of a match but yeah it was i just don't know how to explain it like i'm so confused just in conflicted about this because first of all it's not what I was expecting I don't think it was what anybody was expecting I mean then again nobody really knew what to expect from a Firefly Funhouse match but I don't think anybody was really expecting it to be like this this was something totally different basically what I got from it was that John Cena stepped into Bray Wyatt's quote-unquote world and Bray Wyatt was taking John Cena through Cena's own history and trying to show him what he started as and what he eventually became became which was this person who has gained so much popularity and so much uh, so much fandom that John Cena eventually became his own worst enemy and he would do anything that he could to stay on top and to stay relevant for so long. That's kind of what I got from it. So 
it was more of like a psychological mind F for John Cena that Bray Wyatt was doing to him. Bray Wyatt trying to show John Cena the air of his ways. And yeah, it was just, it was weird. And I don't know how I feel about WWE going with going this route of doing matches or like I said I keep saying matches <laughs> to me this really wasn't wasn't a match it didn't feel like a match to me at all um creatively yeah it was it was creative as hell they had some really like creative stuff going on in that segment um basically betraying John Cena as a member of the NWO, but uh, on like a Hulk Hogan level where he became all, John Cena became all too powerful and was basically running the show and running how he wanted his matches to go and who and who he would go over on, I guess, is the best way to put that. I guess is the best way to describe the whole NWO segment in that Firefly Fun Firefly Funhouse match. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I am so confused and so conflicted about that match. And yeah, um, I did get a kick out of when John Cena came out in his uh, Thugonomics character, how, like, all the puppets were, you know, basically kind of dancing <laughs> and, like, dancing along to his music and everything. That cracked me up. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Anytime I get to see, like, puppets dance, it's funny. It's just a funny visual watching puppets dance. But, um, but yeah, so... The whole thing was just a complete mind F to John Cena. And, yeah, very, everybody's had a lot of comments on it. Some people have liked it, some people haven't liked it. And, you know, you're definitely entitled to your opinion. I mean, you can't take away how creative it was. But as far as a match goes, it wasn't a match. I don't feel like it was a match. It was just some sort of weird entertainment style mind F is what I'm calling it. Yeah. So, but uh, the ending of the match saw the fiend give John Cena sister Ab Abigail and then a um, the Mr. Rogers version of Bray Wyatt counting the pinfall. So, yeah. Take from it what you will. But, yeah, that's just my opinion on it. All right, uh, the last match that I want to talk about is the Boneyard match with AJ Styles and The Undertaker. And it seems like this is the match they got the most praise out of the two-night WrestleMania weekend. Everybody, I think, really seemed to like this. Um... I th for what it was, I thought it was okay. I mean, 
the only thing I hope is that WWE doesn't resort to doing this style very often. Now, when I say this style, I mean the way it was shot in kind of a motion picturesque quality. It felt like, it felt like a movie to me, the way they filmed the match. And obviously that's what they were going for, but um, yeah, it was very cinematic and very dramatic. And I'm not sure if I'm like a, a big fan of how of how of if matches should be done that way because I think if you start doing matches this way, you're missing the whole aspect of it being called pro wrestling. Pro wrestling refers to a more sport-based matchup between two individuals. This, for me, doesn't fall into pro wrestling. I mean, it falls into pro wrestling a little bit more than the Firefly Funhouse match, but this is more of like a dramatic action sequence that was shot very well. I mean, it looked great. It really did. It looked great, but it's not really pro wrestling. And I really hope that the WWE doesn't see this as something that they can keep doing or they see some sort of future in doing more and more matches like this on a you know, monthly basis or maybe even a weekly basis. I don't know. I don't know. But um, I thought that AJ and Undertaker played their parts very well. Undertaker coming back as the kind of like American badass type character or gimmick that he had from quite a years back riding up in the motorcycle. Uh, AJ pulled into the boneyard in the hearst and then the druids got out of the car and pulled out a casket and aj was in the casket so um yeah like i said it was shot very well and like all of the action sequences were really good it was really well edited shot very well everybody played their parts excellent but yeah it was just like i said this didn't feel like a pro wrestling match to me it was just a very well shot action sequence. So, um, but in the end, the undertaker got the win over AJ by burying him alive. And then we were left with like AJ's hand sticking out of the dirt and everything. So, so yeah, there you go. Undertaker wins. Um, I think, I've seen some other comments about how, well, if they if they kind of stick to like this format of shooting matches, then you could bring back so many different older superstars and have them still be a part of WWE in a like quote unquote physical capacity instead of having them go out in front of a live audience and have the audience see their weaknesses 
while they're trying to do a match. And yeah, I get that. I get that. But I don't, I just don't think the WWE should rely on this, you know, this type of way to do their matches. You know, maybe every once in a great while, you know, that'd be nice to have, I guess. But, you know, to do this, like I said, on a weekly or monthly basis, I just, no, I just, I just don't see it. It's not really for me. I prefer, you know, the more live feel of like a sports-based presentation for wrestling. But, I mean, who knows? Who knows? So, but, well, there you go. I've been talking for about 32 minutes so far, so congratulations to me. Um, but yeah, those were just some of my thoughts on what I felt, you know, some of those matches were, at least the four big matches that were promoted on the show. So, yeah. Um, so I got on Twitter earlier, and... I sent out a tweet like, hey, I'm going to be recording the show by myself. So um, if anybody has any questions about wrestling or what happened in the past week in wrestling, you know, let me know. Nobody replied except one person. And I am going to give you a guess on who that person was. And it's a person who is not recording this episode for me with me so after I sent out this tweet Carter Gray my co-host sent a gift to me and it's from Wayne's World 2 and it's Wayne and Garth sitting at I would guess I would guess like an orientation or you know a meeting of how they're going to do Woodstock and it's Garth raising his hand saying, I have a question. When did you turn into a nut bar? Yeah. That was for my co-host. So I cannot wait. And, okay, I'm going to talk to you directly, Carter. I cannot wait until you get back. And we're going to have words about this. Because this isn't funny. Because I'm over here trying to record an episode all by myself. You know how hard that is? I bet you've never even, like, attempted that before. I bet you can't even think of attempting that. I don't, I don't even think you have the mental capacity to attempt something like this. And here I am, trying to record an episode, trying to record content... You know, trying to get something going so I have stuff to talk about, and then you send me a damn Wayne's World gif. I'm disappointed in you, man. Very, very disappointed in you. But that will be for the. That will be something to talk about on the next episode. So, well, so about 35 minutes. I think that's good. I think that's pretty good for a solo podcast, right? No. First time, so I'm happy with it. I'm glad it wasn't didn't turn out to be like a 15-20 minute podcast. God, that would be horrible. That would be so horrible. 
All right. Well, I think I'm going to call it good for now. So thank you guys for listening. Um, check out Quick Pain Pod on Twitter. On Twitter. 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 Facebook. Instagram. At Quick Pain Pod. Um, we also have a website, quickpainpod.com, where we post our episodes and... There is a section where you can email us questions if you like. Also, a video version of the Quick Paint Pod is available at WrestlingHeadlines.com. So go check them out. And also available on their YouTube page, Wrestling Headlines. Go check them out. Great source for all the news that's going on in the world of professional wrestling. All right, guys. Well... Thanks for checking out the episode. I'm going to get out of here, and hopefully next time I will have somebody here to bounce ideas off of and maybe be a more interesting podcast. So, all right. Hope you guys are staying safe out there, and thanks for listening. See you later. (laughs) 